I love what it says in Revelations by the blood of the lamb, what Jesus did, right? And the word of our testimony, we what? We overcome. And we've heard some powerful, powerful stories. And I just love every time someone shares their story because it does great damage to the kingdom of darkness. And it's like the enemy has to pay for every hard place. Amen? Amen. So we're getting ready to hear from some true legends in MFI. Y'all, those of you who don't know, these are the original OGs of MFI. They have all the goods. Um, Pastor Lori mentioned longevity and consistency. And we can't lose sight of that in our culture today, but especially we need to shine that inside of the church, right? And so I'm going to introduce these legends to you, this legacy apostolic panel that's going to be sharing and imparting and sharing their anointing with you today. Um, Giselle, I wanted to start with you, and thank you for being here, Mama Giselle. She's just shy of a year this month, losing the love of her life. They were married 46 and a half years. Giselle lost Danny last October. They are prophesying and preaching giants within our movement. Um, she's a teacher and a preacher. You oftentimes hear her singing prophetically. She loves the people of God, and she's privileged to minister as God leads. And she is J. Joe. And y'all, that is Puerto Rican for fire. You're going to hear it today. <laughs> we have Pastor Frank Damasio with us, my goodness, last night. The enemy had to pay last night. He paid. I've talked to a lot of people today that were greatly encouraged and strengthened by his word. He's been in the ministry over 40 years. Talk about longevity, college professor, church planter, lead pastor of a large multi-site church, Bible college president, chairman of MFI, graduate of PBC, master's of divinity, doctorate from Oral Roberts University. Should I take a pause? I'm not done authored over 30 books, currently creating web resources, leadership, coaching, writing, and speaking. My son did his preaching seminar, and Pastor Frank, thank you. Thank you for staying faithful to what God's called you to. We have Ernest, Pastor Ernest Gentile with us, ministering for over 70 years. He's preached and prophesied in 33 states and 24 countries. He founded Christian Community Church in San Jose, California, pastored there for 34 years. He founded Northern California Bible College. He's a graduate of Whitworth University. Go Pirates! He's a Master of Theology from Fuller Theological Seminary. He's written 11 books, and he has been part of our apostolic leadership team. What you see here is faithfulness and integrity. If you have any walls up, you can put them right down. You can receive 100% from these men and women of God as they impart to you today. And I wanted to start with you, Giselle. Having had probably one of the most difficult years of your life and just had some rich conversations with you on the phone, um, we know that our flesh becomes one when we're married, and so much of what you did with Danny was together. And I just kind of wanted you to talk with us about what that has looked like. So many of us can identify with grief and loss and pain. And I wanted Giselle to kind of share her story and, of course, the riches of what God's done in your heart and spirit over this last year. Amen. Well, um, 
last year in October, um, we came to the conference and um, somehow we caught the virus. And But I keep on saying, and, and I keep on telling everybody, well, people tell me, well, your husband died of COVID. Yeah, it was the method that God used, but COVID did not kill my husband. It was his day to go home with the Lord. And we need to come to that realization because we have a, there's a major fight going on. Yes, we gotta be very careful, but we need to lose our fear because what God is doing in the earth is greater than we could ever imagine. And the church needs to position itself in what we need to do. And um, yes, um, my first few days, or my first few months, I can't say days, and I still have days, I went through difficult times and I had to repent <laughs> some of the times, but um, I just had to come to the realization that every man that is born is also born with an ex expiration date. And it was Danny's day to go home. We prayed, we ministered. God allowed me to be six hours in the room with him and sang over him, prayed over him. But God said it was his time and he needed to go home. If we live more than what God allows us to, then we're gonna mess it up. I need you to know, I, I'm, I'm grieved. I, I do get grieved, but I'm also joyful because I know that my husband finished his assignment. And you know what he did? The last thing that he did was ministered in MFI. He loved MFI. He loved you guys. He loved the leaders of this church. And for him, I know that was the biggest privilege for him to go home saying, you know what? That's all right. I did what I loved the most. I went home preaching. So to me, amen. <laughs> You Go so ahead. you so honor him. I just feel oh. the smile of heaven on you today. Oh. You so honor him continuing the legacy. He's like, you go, baby. <laughs> Pastor Frank, yeah. last night was oh insane, and I was so surprised because I know you're a man of faith, and you rarely talk about your own weaknesses and the things that have happened in your own life, but thank you because you got real with us, and I think it ministered to many, many people. I was talking with some young leaders last night, and they're like, man, we'd love to know the inside scoop in Pastor Frank of where he thinks that anointing that you talked about last night, where do you think that comes from? My message, you mean? Yeah, yeah. or just in general, like, how do you think the anointing grows in people's life? Where do you think the source of that is? Uh, well, it does grow, you know. What I feel now at this age was a lot different than what I felt when I was 20. And uh, when I was 20 and 30, I thought getting the mind of God and preaching was really easy until I realized that people's lives were really listening and being changed by words. And so for me, I wrestle like Jacob. Of course, I have a limp, so I fit that. Uh, I wrestle with my messages and in prayer, but the message has to come from way down inside. It doesn't come from outside to the book, to the pulpit. It comes from 
somewhere way down inside. And that somewhere way down inside, the, the Holy Spirit in me and others, is what I wrestle with until I get that quickening and confirmation from the Holy Spirit that this is the word to bring. It's frustrating because you can prepare a lot of messages and scrap them. And then in looking for that one feel of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And my prayer always is don't let me go to the pulpit and speak from my mind. Let me speak from my spirit. And so that's my intercession. That's my, I, I would think about that a lot with uh, prayer, looking for that anointing to be released. So, you know, that's a, in a nutshell. Uh, because I think a lot of times the mind would like to take preeminence over the spirit. And it's easier to speak from your mind than from your spirit because you got to draw it up. And uh, that's, that's the work for me. And we so appreciate that and know that about your life. Somebody was telling secrets on you in cafe. Just go to the cafe if you want to know the what for, what's happening at a conference. And someone was saying, yeah, Pastor Frank was wrestling with this word. He actually just it started coming together like two weeks before the conference. And he's so sweet. He goes, can't you just smell that fresh baked bread? I mean, fresh manna. And so that's that feeling I had, just the enemy having to pay for every hard place. Pastor Frank, you've had to walk through. We so appreciate you. Pastor Ernest. I wanted to ask you this question. It seems like there has been an unusual amount of pastors and leaders that are walking away from their faith, falling into sin, losing their families. Could you talk to us about the foundational keys that you built your life, ministry, and family on that have kept your faith and character intact all these years? Well, you should have told me before I came up here. <laughs> Well, I, uh, I was converted when I was 12 years old. By the time I was in uh, the middle of high school, I was convinced that God had really called me to the ministry. I began to seek the Lord about that. And prayer seemed to have been really birthed within my heart. So that when I started a church in uh, Spokane, Washington, I found myself frequently going out into the woods and praying, waiting upon God. I wondered, am I becoming some kind of a mystic that I enjoyed <laughs> being alone and praying and like this? And I, I was out in the woods once, and I, I guess it was while I was still in college there at Whitworth College in Spokane, where I also was pastoring, I went out into the woods, and it got dark out there, and I was praying, and I came to, kind of came to myself, and I thought, what am I doing out here? Uh, in this dark, darkness, I can't hardly see to get out of here. And uh, I know that would sound strange to some people, but that aspect of my personal life of prayer birthed within me a prophetic ministry. And I uh, have found that 
without that strong basis of prayer that I have, I wouldn't have been able to pastor and carry on missionary activity and write books and do anything else. But, uh, well, I've, I've really enjoyed being a Christian. I uh, enjoyed my family. We've had, my first wife and I had four children and my oldest daughter died recently. It was a strange thing to face our whole family for all these years have been serving the Lord and in different places and also together at times. And suddenly God just takes her. And that's provoked a very, very deep uh, searching of my own soul. And it's affected my ministry quite a bit. But I, uh, I think it's been a wonderful thing. <laughs> Met so many f fine Christians all over the world. We Americans are kind of proud and self-sufficient. Some of those people, humble, poor people, jungle people or various places, they have a way of communicating with God that just puts Americans to shame. Thank God for the church universal. I've probably had more opportunity than most of you to travel and to see the churches in these different countries. When I'm even while I'm here, my uh, second daughter is way up in the northern part of uh, Africa. And when she told me she was going up there, you're, you're what? <laughs> and everybody's trying to talk her out of it. And uh, she, she's had this vision birthed in her heart. And, that's such an answer to prayer. I can hardly believe it, but she's over there right now preaching in northern Africa to black people. And I'm sure she's going to do a great job. Amen. She's her father's daughter. <laughs> I love to listen to you ruminate, Pastor Ernest, because you're so vulnerable. You go to the hard places and then you remember the joy of the Lord in the midst of it. It's such a beautiful thing. Take yeah. note of that. I mean, we do need to listen to the fathers and mothers that go before us, but God, thank you for sharing that. Giselle, it, it seems that progressive Christianity has crept into churches and believers with the pressure of culture issues of the past few years. What do you feel are pillars that have been immovable in your life? that have kept you secure and solid in your biblical worldview? Um, I feel obedience to God. No matter what you see, 
what you hear, be obedient to God. That's, I believe that's the core. If we don't obey, then we lose something so great. In obedience, no matter what trial you go through in life, if you obey God, you will always see the grand prize. So um, to me, my key is obedience. That's powerful. Thank you. <clears throat> Pastor Frank, what do you see as the church's greatest area of opportunity and influence in the culture that we're living in right now? Well, you know, the darker it is, the brighter the light, you know, the saying goes. I think if the church can find its basics again and lean into them, the prayer, worship, the word, relationship, community. Right now in the world, people are starving, obviously, uh, coming out of the COVID thing, but people are starving for community. Uh, they're starving for purpose. I think the whole nation has felt shaken in their foundations that the American dream is not really that great and that life is fragile. And I think people are on the edge of that. They don't trust government. They don't trust anything. They're, they're trying to find a way through all this. I think the church, if it would really stand its ground and begin to really preach the gospel to this culture, to this culture, contemporary, you got to connect. But you build a bridge to connect, you have to make sure that what you carry over the bridge is worth building the bridge. And so if you culturize the Christianity that we have, which I think has been done, uh, I think that we will not stand out, we'll blend in. We need to stand out, not blend in. And so the uh, original book of Acts is still the book that works for me. What they did in that culture and how they shook cities and how they saw the miracles and how they saw God move is still where the church should be. You know, the secular world cannot work miracles. They cannot work the anointing. They cannot build community like we build. We have everything to penetrate this culture. I love it. Pastor Frank is deconstructing the secular mindset. I love it. It's been so beautiful, so rich, so ministering to me. Pastor Ernest, just one last thought from you. If there's so many young leaders and pastors, what is a sticky thought, something that they could take home and apply in their families and churches back home? What would that be? What would you leave them with? Well, I'd like to emphasize the importance of prayer. I think too often we just feel we can spend a minute or two or pray before we get in bed. And, you know, just prayer has become uh, a rather loose thought in most of our lives. I, this may seem strange to you, but I like to go into our home church when no one is in the building and just spend an hour with the Lord. I used to think if you spend an hour with the Lord, how, how can you spend an hour with the Lord? But I, I've discovered a great delight in doing that, walking through the church building, praying for the people of the church, seeking God for the community. I think that we, as watchmen, are gifted with a 
with this great opportunity of prayer. I'd like to urge every minister to just become more prayerful. Let's move into a new dimension. Don't worry about how do you travail or do some, you know, there's different ideas about the extremities of prayer. But just spending time with the Lord so that you may not have heard the Lord speak, maybe not even had as much of a, an impression from the Lord as you would like, but I'm telling you that if you make a habit of prayer, it will transform your life and your ministry. So good. Just real quickly, I wanted to ask both Giselle and Pastor Frank this too, because you had said something so profound when we talked, Giselle, about, do you remember what that was about being relevant? Yeah. Will, you, will you leave them with that sticky thought? <laughs> I just said, um, in being relevant, let's not forget to be reverent to God. Sticky thought, Pastor Frank. We just need one more sticky thought from you. Uh, I want to thank uh, Giselle and Danny. We've known each other in our early 20s, met in Puerto Rico. And Danny was a long-life friend, always encouraging, always supportive a wonderful prophet, both of them, in their ministry. And losing Danny was a blow to me personally because he was one of those rare people that stayed the course with his passion and his love for leadership and respect uh, was beyond. He was a model for that. So I want to thank Giselle and uh, her life and Danny, who's looking down from heaven and cheering us on. I also want to thank Brother Gentile. Uh, Brother Gentile laid hands on me in my early 20s, prophesied over me. Uh, Brother Gentile has been a pillar of a prophet all my life, all my life. Uh, he was a mainstay prophet in all of our presbyteries at Bible Temple during those years. Uh, Brother Gentile was the weeping prophet. Uh, his words were were not to be taken lightly. And uh, he has prophesied things in the MFI that absolutely was a rudder for us in our going forward. So I want to thank Ernest for your wonderful model of integrity, uh, your wonderful spirit of humility, and your wonderful gift of accuracy that comes out of your time with God and uh, cheering pastors on. I, th I think you are a true, true father of the faith. And I think you have influenced a lot more people, uh, probably thousands in your lifetime than you would think of. You, you are a stand, standout prophet. And if anybody has that gift, they should follow Brother Gentile's That's spirit. Right. That's right. Put, put all that in writing, will you? Yes. <laughs> Well, I would say that Pastor Frank's sticky thought is honor, wouldn't you? And can we all honor the three of them and stand up and just thank them for this?